Week 9 brought out the best in the Eagles and the worst in just about everyone else. A couple star receivers got a little feisty. The 49ers helped Adrian Peterson turn the clocks back for daylight savings. And Jay Ajay made the most of his new opportunity, while the backfield he left behind made it feel like he wasn't missed at all. It's almost playoff time, so the time is now to get your roster sorted out and run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott. Hey. And Tom. Hey, everybody. And we have a week. Tom, look alive over there, will you? <laughs> not ready. I didn't know if my headphones were plugged in or not. Or on your head. I, or... Yeah, I, you saw me frantically yeah. chasing the wire with my eyes. Yeah. And... Tom's had a rough start even before we started recording. Traffic, uh, an unfortunate pants mishap. Chocolate. Someone would call him a loser today. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's get to our week nine losers of the week. Just kidding, Tom. You're not a loser. Thanks. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. All right. Uh, my loser of the week is AJ Green. Um, I think it's pretty he obvious. Lost his cool. He lost <laughs> his cool. He lost his privilege of playing in the game against Jacksonville, and uh, he, yeah, he just lost his. Friggin' mind. Everybody um, was kung fu fighting this week. Oh, there, yeah. was, there was something in the air in the NFL. And it was fierce. AJ Green was actually preemptively my loser of the week because I was like, okay, there's no way he's not getting suspended, right? But he didn't. Yeah, he made it through. AJ Green not suspended. Yeah, and Adam Schefter and all them reporting that Mike Evans is the only one yeah. who will be suspended. You could equally, we can kind of group him in on this one in the in the fighters, yeah, in the lovers' quarrel. For those yeah. To admit. yeah. yeah. And uh, he's going to be appealing his one-game suspension. He has three days to do so. And a it good took case. about three <laughs> minutes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what they do in those appeals. Is he just going to say, "I'm usually such a nice boy"? I would walk up and be well, like, "Roll the AJ Green tape, please." Yeah. But that doesn't <laughs> tell me how what I did is meriting a suspension and not an ejection. But what he did merited an ejection, but not a suspension. I feel it's like they're like, it, you know, how in baseball there's like makeup calls. Yeah, yeah. This is what that is because he should have been ejected. So they're like, we'll suspend we'll him. Suspend those him. refs yeah. in uh, those refs in Jacksonville and New Orleans were on each other's. Hot wires or whatever. AJ Green was getting annoyed by uh, Jalen, man. Jalen Ramsey well, is just the the resume builds. Yeah. You know, another good week for him. Yeah, and he got tossed. apparently he and AJ Green had been getting involved um, throughout their game, and they were actually warned by the officials. Cut the crap. Yeah, you love that stuff while you're watching it until something like that happens, and then you're like, oh, not good. But I guess if you don't, if you're in a bad mood in the NFL, you can just walk up behind somebody, grab them by the throat, throw them down, and punch them in the face. So that'll help to ease some of the anger in the Mm -hmm. NFL. I I like the Jameis's move, the "I'm not touching you" finger to to Lattimore. You like that? I thought that was like the biggest. Punk move he could have well, made. I just, I just thought it was funny. He was legit doing that. Like, yeah. I'm not touching you. <laughs> yeah. I thought he did. I thought he like was faking well, he, the point and he, accidentally he, poked him in the neck. Yeah, he did touch him. People yeah, have said so. Jameis is immature, but <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he's breaking new ground on that <laughs> one. Um, Scott, who's your loser this week? My loser is this week. This week is Jonathan Stewart because he lost the football and he could not find it. Two fumbles inside of Atlanta territory gross where 
the Panthers offense started to look a little better. It seemed like, oh, this is the change. We're going to go run the ball more. We're going to have Cam have more attempts. Jonathan Stewart's going to come in. He's going to bang between the tack. Oh, no. He's going to fumble twice. And I believe lose his job to Christian McCaffrey, who ran the ball better than we've seen him run all season, hoping that this is the turning of the corner. Ron Rivera saying, this guy's at least way more explosive than Stewart. Stewart can't even hold on to the ball. What are we doing here? Loser. Loser, Stewart. Loses his starting job, I think. And lost two fumbles, so perfect loser. Big Tom, loser. Let's yeah, go to you. do want to mention that that was a very encouraging week for Christian McCaffrey, oh, yeah. um, rushing attempt-wise. My loser here is going to have to be Will Fuller. Not the first, second, third, or fourth, but the fifth. Right. Because the one through four, I'm sure they led illustrious lives. Yes. And they're very proud of the fifth. Yeah, and the fifth <laughs> has done his job so far, but... It is going to come to a screeching halt. I mean, we were calling for for some regression, even with Deshaun Watson at the helm. The regression is going to be steep, and we already saw how the quality of the targets that he was getting, or even Hopkins was getting. Hopkins had six catches, but on 16 targets. Yeah, dude. And Fuller is not going to have any success in the deep ball game, even close to what he had with Watson going forward. I mean, he went from historically like scoring historically to like he could be droppable now. Yeah, it's that crazy that he could be. Uh Bruce Ellington even saw more targets than he did. So, it's looking ugly. Tom Savage looked like maybe the worst starting quarterback I've seen in a game all season and that is really saying something. Well, this was the matchup too, right? If you want to get like a They sat Monte Davis. There was yeah. nobody out there. Yeah, he had to go steal a haircut appointment from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they sit everybody and Tom Savage still doesn't come out and perform. Will Fuller is in trouble. I agree. Yeah. If you're in a keeper league, I'd hold on to him because his project, his you know projection for next year is probably going to be pretty good. But for these next eight weeks, it's, it's going to be ugly. An interesting. I mean, three catches for twenty some yards. I mean, it's it it looked dire certainly for uh, for Deshaun or for Deshaun Watson for Will Fuller. It's dire, dire for him as well. <laughs> yeah, very dire for Watson as well. Um, but with that, let's get to uh, let's get to our heroes. Of the week, brought to you by uh, the Arby's commercials where Vin Ra- Ving Rames was singing. Um, <laughs> a really interesting week for buys to me, because or for pickups, because I don't think I'm going to make any. It was and, a weird week. Yeah, and I was thinking about this, because Scott, you really brought it up this morning. I, and I kind of get it, because like, we're going into week 10. we got four weeks, basically, until the playoffs start. And if you're a playoff team... You've pretty much got your roster set. You know who your starting lineup's going to be. You're probably not going to tinker with it too much unless you've got these amazing matchups coming off of your bench. So you don't really need to go get a hero. But for those of you who are making that last-ditch effort, we've got some guys yep. who can hopefully bolster your roster and kind of help make your uh, these last couple weeks of buys a little bit easier to manage for you. Uh, let's start with some guys who are on our radar now. Couple of Cowboys are on our radar thanks to uh, Des Bryant's ankle and knee injuries that are interesting to note, but he may end up not missing any time at all. So just something to keep an eye on. But uh, Terrence Williams did have an amazing game. I think it was eight yep. for one thirty-five. Yeah, he looked that great. he had, and Cole Beasley caught two touchdowns. Yeah. And this was with Des hobbled and playing, and then kind of coming off the field willy-nilly. So 
an interesting week for the Cowboys because they do get the big win against Kansas City and Williams and Beasley looked like they can get it done with or without Des Bryant. Yeah, I was a week late on uh, Beasley. Yes, yeah, you were. So yeah. Apologize for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Terrence Williams looks pretty good. He's not uh, perfectly healthy, if I recall correctly, yeah, going I think into he this was, next week. He either. got dinged up at the end of that game as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah, they're reporting that Dez's injury isn't something that's going to be, like, supposed to keep him out. But then there's also reports that it could be, like, a high ankle sprain. Dez Uh-oh. is a really tough guy. Yeah. So if he can play, he will play. Yeah. But it remains to be seen if Terrence Williams is now going to have a bigger role in his stead. Right. I, I like these two guys as like on the radar type of guys. You know, that like we normally say in this part of our heroes is maybe not the guy you use a claim on. Maybe you try to use an ad. And I like them a lot because you got to pay attention to what's going on with Zeke. And with Zeke coming out, you got to expect more maybe. throws and maybe possibly who knows. Um, if he does come out, you got to expect them to lean on Dak, which makes him lean on those receivers a little bit more, especially after seeing what they were capable of against Kansas yeah. City. Both of them played great. Moving on now to Corey Clement. I mean, he's in maybe the most muddled backfield in the league, but if you score three touchdowns, you got to be on the radar. And so here he is. Um, Maybe a fluky game that gets him to his three touchdowns. He but looked good. He's looked great <laughs> for the past few weeks now, and they're still using him even when they acquired Blunt, even when they traded for acquired a job. It. Oh, got you. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me it's very what he's doing. And even Smallwood was getting a couple touches here and there at the end of that game. So it seems like it's further muddling. I just want to say someone in one of my leagues started Corey Clement. Has- Unbelievable. Money. Unbelievable. Shout out to that guy. That's awesome. What a job. (laughs) Like, unbelievable. But, uh, you know, this is probably maybe the only week you'll be able to start in this. Yeah. I think it's one of those. I've said it before. I think this will be, like, the best game of his career. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another guy we can move on to in Buffalo, Deontay Thompson. This is even a guy we told you to keep an eye on a couple of weeks ago. He ends up scoring that garbage time touchdown against the Jets. I mean, he's getting more and more comfortable with Tyrod Taylor. And now Kelvin Benjamin comes in. And Kelvin Benjamin is certainly going to attract more attention away from Deontay Thompson. And if he's already got the rapport with Taylor, he could be viable over these next few weeks while Benjamin gets his footing in that offense. Right. And he'll probably operate in the slot mix. You know, Jordan Matthews will probably handle a lot of that. But also with Zay Jones banged up, you know, I, I don't know the time you got a status on him. I'm checking it. Okay. Um, so, you know, obviously we're unsure of his status up to this point, but he did come back in that game kind of hot through the second half which led to Thompson having that big second half so if he's not around and like you said Benjamin is in this who knows phase and Jordan Matthews still hasn't got it going with Tyrod and Charles Clay is still out here's Deontay Thompson for your first spot start yeah Zay Jones didn't practice today moving in the right direction is the quote right but without him I think Thompson gets an uptick as well that was a nasty one for Zay looked weird Looked looked very Zach Miller like, but not as extreme. Oh yeah, um, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams on our radar because they both had value if you played either one of them last night. Yeah. I think you know Williams obviously gets the touchdown, but they still liked what Kenyon Drake gave them even after he lost fumble. The lost fumble showed a lot of faith in him. I think one of these guys is going to be valuable for the rest of the season. I just have no idea which one it's going to be, so it's going to be an, a situation that I'm pretty much going to ignore. But if you're look, if you're desperate, if you need somebody, this might be 
one of these two guys could be your savior. Yeah, or in a bigger league, you know, where it's just really crowded. These guys should definitely be owned. To me, eyeball test, um, Williams actually did have some plays that looked where he looked really good. In my a lot opinion. of a lot of people reporting like and talking about the game said that Kenyon Drake was like by far like the the best running back of the night, and I didn't agree with that. Neither do I. I thought at Williams all. caught the ball very well in the backfield. That touchdown he scored like over top of Jarvis Landry. Was cool. I thought that was awesome. So I agree with you. I thought that he looked really good. Yeah, Drake winds up getting two more touches overall, but both are involved in the receiving game. Yeah, it seems like it could be kind of a coin flip operation here. Obviously. There's things that could trend in the right direction, right? If Drake keeps fumbling, we see that happen with with running yes. backs. If they get, you know, a case of the fumbleitis, it compounds, and you know, we Williams. see that with Samaje Ryan right now, who I'm sure we'll bring up because he had another lost fumble. Yeah. Um. So like, then that's a an instant trajectory to you having a clear cut starter if yeah. you went with Williams. So just those little edges, you know, like I always bring up with a roulette wheel. Yeah. You know, just tilt the scales a little bit. Williams has been there for. I think this is his fourth or fifth season, all with Miami, too. So that definitely works in his favor. But I agree. I think they're going to lean heavily on both these guys. Yeah. I think it's a poor man's New Orleans Saints. You know, it's like a Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram type of scenario, but much, 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 they're- much, much, much worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go with some guys who are back on the radar. Rob Kelly, if Clement's going to score three touchdowns and be on a radar, Rob Kelly coming back and scoring two touchdowns has to get him back on the radar. Um, he had a very Jerome Bettis-esque game. Uh, it was like 10 carries for 18 yards and two touchdowns. Not the production you'd want, but against a tough Seattle defense, I think he still got you more than you expected with those, what was it, 13 or 14 points. So an interesting play. Thompson is never going to not have a role on that offense, but as you saw... But he's barely a running back for them. <laughs> exactly. So tough to tell whether you can move forward with him or not, but Rob Kelly's out there and in some leagues, and if he's out there, go get him. Yes, especially if you're in a standard league. Yeah, in standard, he's worth a lot more than the PPR formats, but he has those games. He turns those games in a lot mm-hmm. where it's a short yardage situation. Like, short yardage situations get him touchdowns yep. and his stat line becomes a short yardage situation right like sub 25 yards but he'll bail you out with a touchdown exactly um charles clay he's on his way back from all we can understand i, um, I read a report today that said he still didn't practice today which is not a good sign but everything the bills have said has been like, you know, he's on track to play. He's probably going to play. He's on track to play, all that type of stuff. So, And they're coming off a long week anyway, so the mm-hmm. fact that they're even practicing on Monday is a little bit extra. Yeah. Um. So, to me, him not coming back today is fine. It's not terrible. We'll have an updated report for Thursday's Week 10 preview episode, obviously, where maybe we can give you guys some more light on that. But if he's out there and you've got a spot, go get him, because he was yes. a top-five tight end before he got hurt. No doubt. His production's too high for you to not just... Even if you have a you know some scrub on your bench, just yeah. cut him and put Charles Clay on because he's if he doesn't come back this week, he's gonna come back next week. The Bills matchups we've talked about it for weeks now. It's favorable for the rest of the season. Charles Clay could be great. Yeah, another tight end on his way back now. Greg Olson. 
you saw how excited Cam was when he saw him in the tunnel. That's right. Uh, very excited. You know, they were jumping around and everything in front of the camera. Uh, it was very nice. It was like, you know, your your boy comes back from, you know, being away at college and you haven't seen yeah, him Yeah, I saw while. so many great, like, like you know, that, that, that moment win, that feeling win type of thing, like, with that video. And yeah. That was very funny. I agree. And he has every reason to be happy because, you know, Greg Olson is the, was the centerpiece to this offense before he came out. They've, you know, made adjustments to try and move past that and we've all seen their struggles. So it'll be great for him to come back. Just keep in mind, he's not allowed to come back until after their bye week in week 11. So if you're picking him up this week, you can't play him next week. He's on his bye the week after. But this is more of like that that playoff stretch. If you have Greg Olson available for a potential playoff run, you've got to pick him. If you're a team kind of far in the lead in the standings right now, and you've been doing it like shoestringing together tight ends. Yeah. Maybe go make an offer to the Greg Olson owner so you can help them kind of form their playoff run, but you know solidify your roster for the final stretch as well. I right. like it. Um, Brandon LaFell coming back for Cincinnati. He just keeps coming back. He's the cockroach this... in Tom's house. He's the thorn in his side. <laughs> We just keep having to talk about Brandon LaFell. To be honest with you, you know, we made the sheet in the morning and I fully expected AJ Green to be suspended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I put Brandon LaFell on oh, the list. All right. well, yeah. Basically thinking there's no way that AJ Green can't be suspended. So Brandon LaFell would be, you know, <laughs> the number one target there. But now obviously somehow AJ Green is gonna take the field. Brandon LaFell, not really worth an ad in case unless AJ Green does end up getting suspended. That's how I feel about him. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like they would have announced it today with the Evans suspension coinciding with it, but yeah, okay. Um and then back on our radar is George Kittle because he plays the Giants next week. So something to keep an eye on if you're waiting out Greg Olson's return from injury. Could be pick up Kittle, get him in your lineup. Nine out of nine games. An opposing tight end has scored a touchdown against the Giants. NFL record. That's that's not going away. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And everything's fine with the Giants. Everything is totally <laughs> fine, but they can't stop tight ends. That's the only thing that's wrong with their team. Right and if now. you're looking at like the stat line for Kittle, you know, you pull up on Yahoo and you go click on his game log, you're like. Dude, I'm not picking this guy up. He's been horrible. I don't care if he's playing the Giants. Do me a favor and do a quick search of Tyler Higby and his stat line because I started him in DraftKings this week and he got me a touchdown. Perfect. Uh, Let's go with some guys who we tried to tell you about and they're about to make you pay if you didn't pick them up. Vernon Davis. Vern Daddy. He's still doing it. And I hate when when the announcers are like, oh, he's so old. Like He doesn't move like an old dude. No, he's he still got really, every really bit good. of juice that he's always had in his career. He told uh, Jay Gruden, I think it was like at the beginning of the season, um, Jay Gruden was like, you know, everybody talks about you keep getting like you getting older. He's like, coach, when I run on that field and you tell me I'm not fast anymore, I will retire that day. <laughs> and then Jay Gruden's <laughs> like, he ain't retiring anytime soon. So There's a couple players like awesome. that. Yeah. Tom Brady, when he was struggling a couple years ago, they're like, when, when are you going to stop? Yeah. Said, when I suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Vernon Here Davis. Here we are, eight years later. later. Yeah. Vernon Davis is not even close no. to sucking. He's he awesome. so good. And, and Kirk you know, loves him. Yeah. If Reed's gone, you know, definitely start him every single week as yeah. a tight end one. But even with Reed in and now going to be banged up and maybe ease back in, Vernon Davis has commanded a target share in this offense. And if they don't throw him the ball, I think it's doing their own team a disservice at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. If they, if they don't throw him the ball, they lose. Basically, and they went out and beat Seattle, featuring him last 
last night. So a pretty big indication that they need to keep him involved. Another tight end, Tom, your boy, Tyler Croft, catches a 61-yard pass against the Jags. Longest with- pass caught on the Jags all year by Tyler Croft. <laughs> Hashtag stats. He um, didn't score for me, but I mean, you're not disappointed with that. He got you a no. touchdown's worth of yards on one play, though, yeah, exactly. which is always what yeah. we love to see. Ends up with 79 total yards. That's a great tight end day. He's a rosterable asset. Like he was weeks ago. Yeah. Too. Well, that's what we're I'm still saying. telling you. Go like, get him. It wasn't. He's not any more like versus the Browns kind of guy. Right. Like, yeah. He's a piece of that offense that is featured. He he has high reception totals for a tight end. So. I don't know what there is to hate, and he still gets the Browns, but one more Just time. Just once more. <laughs> Who he had two against, right? All right. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Orleans Darkwa, he had a great game, albeit for not a great F output, um, but he did play pretty well against the Rams, and he gets the 49ers next week. It's worth noting. Yeah, I mean, you see Adrian Peterson just destroy them. Obviously, Adrian Peterson's a... Yeah. A great talent. Adrian yep. Peterson didn't turn the clocks back an hour. He turned his clock back like three years <laughs> against the Niners. So for Orleans Darkwa, like even if the Giants come out and get hammered by the Niners in the way that they got hammered by the Rams, Orleans Darkwa is still looking like he's going to get the ball, Scott, because that's what we saw against the Rams. 18 touches in a blowout for a guy who no one really expected to be a pass catching back. So that's great news. And you know, that that game script is not going to happen every week for the Giants. It's going to, it might happen a lot of weeks, but not, not this week against the 49ers. Yeah. I bet they beat the 49ers, which is a plus game script for him. And oh, yeah. I, I honestly can't wait to see it. I got him everywhere. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's uh hopefully feast week for him. Yes. Uh, we got one more in our, we told you, and we're even preemptively saying we told you so because Danny Woodhead, Yes. Is almost back. Sweet Lord, He's, yes. He might be out there. He's worth an ad. Scott, in the leagues that you and I are in together, you've already picked up Danny Woodhead. I picked him up about three weeks ago, yeah, just, I think, in, in a couple of my just leagues. Cool. You almost didn't drop him at all. Yeah, yeah, you had to convince me like really hard. I was like, like dude, dude, he's not coming back for 10 weeks. I'm like, yeah, but someone's going to get him. You're like, just get him three weeks early. So that's exactly what I did. Yeah. But, you know, this is your last chance. He's getting fresh. They got a bye this week. He's nursing that hammy up. Just the final tweaks left for him to go out there and just start kicking ass. Can't wait for him to come back. You're not afraid of the uh, the crowd? Of, of the running backs? Yeah. I mean, Allen has done... He had a good game this week. He which... had a... You know, but his, game, his good games have been volume-based. So it's not really like he... Puts a lot of production in on limited touches. He scored a second touchdown. And yesterday. Collins did nothing too, so that doesn't help. Terrence West still battling an injury. You know what? And ineffectiveness. Obviously, Buck Allen's getting a lot of uh, pass catching work. Right. But the goal line, which is our sneaky Danny Woodhead, is wide spot, open for him. Has not been solidified by nope. either of those guys. Here so we go. There's a real <laughs> chance Danny Woodhead comes in and adds standard league value. Oh, yeah. please. But, please do. Um, I don't want to get too over the moon about him. There's a chance where, you know, the it gets impact into isn't like as a muddled. Great. Yeah, yeah, but uh, what we're suggesting really is a preemptive ad, which doesn't cost you anything. No. It's a free look. So if any of these things do come to fruition, you're in the money, and Absolutely. you're playing with house money. Yeah, and he could be buried on your team for you know the first three weeks he comes back, but then maybe in that playoff push you see him 
gain his his snap share and all that type of stuff. I, I just you know I love him. So you got him. Yeah. All righty. Indianapolis down the road too. I believe week sixteen. Beautiful. All righty. Let's run down the slate real quick because we've got a really special surprise for everybody at the end of this episode. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, let's start with Jets Bills. We had talked about how the NFL had a protesting problem, and now it's reached a fever pitch because the Bills flat out protested playing Thursday night. So the Jets really just took it to the Bills, and uh, it was a really impressive showing. Josh McCown doesn't do a whole lot yardage-wise, but he runs one in. He throws one to our boy, Robbie Anderson. One. And, you know, it was looking like a really – it was a pounding from the Jets, and then garbage time Tyrod comes in and saves the people who believed in him. Me. Me. What a dream. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that all counts the same in fantasy football, right? So I'm not not complaining about garbage time anywhere. Another quarterback that you can be interested in, even though we just mentioned him, so not really another quarterback. But McCown, looking forward to this next week, is definitely a streamable option for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who suddenly don't have their starting quarterback. Versus that defense, I would play Curse. I would play Robbie Anderson. I'm, I would definitely play Austin Safarian Jenkins. Revenge it's like full. <laughs> it is a revenge game. Wow. I didn't think about that. The one. ultimate for him. It is an ultimate This is a redemption game, him. not a revenge game. This is like a vengeance game. Yeah, this is like, no, this is avenge himself. Yeah. Like his death on that team. That was like a almost, he was almost out of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Rose from the ash. Something, um, sorry. Forte too, I like Yeah. That. About those running backs, something I wanted to bring up. You know, Forte had the two touchdowns. He had a great game. But in the beginning of the game, they were literally going one, two, three. Forte, Powell, McGuire. McGuire. Like, they were spreading it around in a three-headed monster, which is like, you know. The scariest. That's the term you never want to hear about a backfield that you own something in. So Forte was was the benefactor last week, and he's the best running back that they have, I guess. Powell's pretty good. But... You know, I don't know if you can count on him being the uh, the lion's share every week. Yeah, you, you right. guys, you guys like Tyrod this week, of course. Home, home against the Saints. You know, not a not an easy matchup, but I think you could trust him this week. Absolutely, it goes back to that thing that I always mention: and just short dump passes to a running back can set you up. And that's a team where short dump running back passes have been something that's actually like hurting the Saints where they can't get those deep balls because Lattimore and their right. improved defense. So I expect a lot of that, and I think Shady will have a good week because of it. Agreed. All right, Bucks saints uh, it was ugly, and then Mike Evans decided to blindside Marshawn Lattimore after Jameis Winston tried to provoke him, and it was just ugly after that. Uh, the Bucks' offense looked terrible. Jameis Winston exits the game at halftime. We're now getting news that he's going to be shut down for at least the next two weeks. Uh, to heal his throwing shoulder because it's just not getting any better. Evans gets suspended. He's appealing. We all, as a podcast, think he's going to win that appeal, uh, but we'll probably have to give you an update on that on our Thursday pre on our Thursday Week Ten preview episode. Um, just a really ugly game. Doug unless Martin, eight for seven, just Ooh. gross. N- no targets either, which I thought was weird. I, I got thought, a gut call for you guys. Does Jameis Winston play another game this year? Ooh. Ooh. Well, are, are we assuming they're going to lose to the Jets and then whoever they play in Week 11? You tell me. Yes. I Jets, think Jets, so. then Miami. Yeah. Um, I could see it, but, you know, I don't know how intelligent the Bucks front office is to sit Jameis down or how intelligent Jameis is to just kind of not, you know, I think the major, not risk it. The major thing here is that the – the information just came out today, but not necessarily the results, right? Right. Because when he left the game, 
He got driven to the ground on his bad shoulder by a big, big fella. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of those situations where that is the exact worst case scenario for what he was dealing with. So as the information comes out, I think this could be one of those where they string you along. Yep. Andrew Luck written all over it. Yeah, exactly. Um, For the Saints, Alvin Kamara looked great. Ingram looked good, just didn't score. Um you know, and we, we this was basically this game went exactly the way that we thought it would. The Saints dominated on the ground. They dominated with their defense. Brees took a couple of shots, got one to Ted Ginn, and I think he added another touchdown on the uh, excellent Pierre Thomas esque screen to Alvin Kamara. Wow, he's awesome. Wow, yeah, dude, he rocks. He's so so Keeper good. Central, yeah. if you've oh got my. him, oh it's, my god, yeah, it's money. He's above ten points. Every week, even in like yeah. standard, he's now outscored Ingram. Yeah, and they're the number two and three running backs in the last three weeks. Wow! And I think it's like, I want to say like eleven and twelve overall in the season. Yeah, they're Crazy. both RB ones, yep. and they're in the same offense. So I mean, that's a feat in and of itself. But I don't see why it would slow down. Yeah. And now we know why Adrian Peterson got traded. Hey, right? whatever. It's you know? working out for all three um, of them. Yeah, so. it, was, it ended Props. up working out for both parties. Falcons, Panthers, it might, just, ball, it might just never happen for this Falcons <laughs> offense. That cost me a fan duel, Julio. That was, yeah, Julio Jones, an Catch egregious it. drop. Wide open in the back of the end zone. Just dorked it off of his hands out of the back of the end zone. Um, it was gross, but uh, Christian McCaffrey... Look out! Yeah, Signs luckily, of one life. Of, luckily one of my other boys <laughs> helped mask the pain from Julio's drop. With you know, he finally, finally had some production, and it yeah. seems like they're figuring out how to use him. Sanu again, again, yeah. just again. keeps getting it done. He's gonna finish above Julio. Yeah, he already is. It's but like I mean, a cl- we'll it's like finish. almost like a Crabtree right. Amari Cooper type scenario. I know, that's but unfolding. it's like you, you one that you didn't expect. At no, all. not at all. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Just. Just a really weird game. And like we said, I think you know Jamal Stewart looking like a real big loser down the stretch. <laughs> Jonathan. Um, what did I say? You said Jamal. Jamal, but I know you know. I know you know his name. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that the um, audience knows you know. Another streamable defense. I think Panthers coming up this week. Monday night. Get an extra day of rest, and they play Miami. Ooh. Hello, Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Um. Rams. Giants. The Giants stink. Bad. Evan Ingram, very good. Evan Ingram had some, like, literally on his first two catches, I was impressed by both of them just as in a, like, athleticism standpoint. Yeah. But he saved when his best for last. he takes a drag across the the middle and then he catches it, you know, that's a normal tight end route, right? They run that all the time. Ain't a normal but tight end tackle, he man. he can <laughs> cut up the field like a running back. Yeah. Right? Like, he is going to be ultra valuable. I really had a, uh, just watching him, this week, it dawned on me. Like yeah. it had already, I already accepted that he's a, a valuable fantasy asset. But it, it really, it dawned on me. He, uh, he saved his best for last too. I thought his touchdown catch, which lost out to a very deserving candidate, he could have been man catch Monday this week with that touchdown. But granted, he made the catch when they were down fifty one ten. So I understand why he didn't win. It also depends on the snapshot. So that are available. Right. Good point. Yeah. Good yeah, point. It's only limited to the pictures um, that are given yeah. to them. <laughs> uh, Ravens, Titans. The Titans come out and they beat and bludgeon the Ravens. And this was an ugly game, but the Titans came out on top. And uh, I don't know. Kicker battle between Ryan Suckup and 
Justin Tucker was cool. Mariota looked a little better, I think. You know, yep. it seems like he progressed a little, looked a little healthier. Um, you know, one of the things that I always I always talk about, I have him in the league, so it maybe is a little biased, but every time I watch the Titans play, I'm like, they got to feed Rashard Matthews. This dude can play. And yeah. Every week it seems like he's making a big catch. He has that touchdown. He's just so effective, and I yeah. would really like to see him move into the slot with Davis and Decker on the outside and let him start doing work in the middle of that yeah. field. Um, you know, Mariota hit pretty much every target for a nice play. You yeah. know, he had the Matthews touchdown. Corey Davis made an incredible catch on the sidelines early in the game. Decker has the late touchdown where they kind of cleared out one side of the field for him. And Delaney Walker ca- caught a long Couple one to kind of ice that game away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we start clicking here a little bit with the Titans. I think they're, they're going to be winning ugly, though. I like I really just They like it. I think them, they prefer yeah, it. I don't see them really just beating up on teams. So that, t- that 23 that they put up this week, right. I think that that's where they're going to hover around. Oh, yeah. Um... Bengals Jets, it may never happen for the Bengals this year. Um, or sorry, I said Jets, I meant Jags. Um, right. It may never happen for the Bengals this year when Leonard Fournette is a surprise suspension by the team, and you still get have the Jags just cruise past you. Yeah, you've got some serious problems. We got a Joe Mixon touchdown, but again, he doesn't get enough volume to prove himself to be an RB two, and he's not making the most of any of his opportunities. Yeah, he scored, but you look at his yards per carry, he still averaged like three yards per carry. Um, A.J. Green gets tossed, and the Bengals just never recovered. I mean, that halts your offense so bad. Right. Like, when A.J. Green went out, I stopped paying attention to that game entirely because I knew it was about to be completely over. Yeah. And I think the best sign is, is that the Jags running backs really came in and stuck up the joint. So even if Fournette's kind of in the doghouse, like – he still probably isn't even going to get carries leached away from him because no. of how good he is. So yeah. like they've already come too, out. Don't get too nervous yeah. about that. I would say if I'm a Fournette owner, but they've already come out and said he's playing next week. Right. But obviously, this was a another clear example example again of why if you own Fournette, you got to own Ivory. Yep. No for doubt. Sure. No. Um, doubt. Nothing I can really even take from the Jags because it was so uncharacteristic of how they're going to play the rest of the year without Fournette. Um, he was completely healthy and expected to start in this game. He just decided not to Missed show up for a bunch photo. of stuff. Yeah. Um, let's go to Colts Texans. T.Y. Hilton. Nice to see you again. How about that second touchdown he had? That was that was like the same thing happened on that one Bilal Powell touchdown. Yeah. yeah. The seventy five yard. It was like a very similar play. Yeah. Props um, to the referees on plays. Letting like that. that go through. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. their process now. They just let that stuff play out and they say, Well, if we rule it a touchdown, we can always review it and bring it back. So mm-hmm. I like um, that better. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Shout out to the refs, I guess. Um, for the Texans, Tom Savage looked awful. They were there are already inklings that they might switch it to TJ Yates after this week. Um, well, you know O'Brien's quick on the trigger. He was like yeah. all about Savage the whole preseason and gave him what like twenty minutes of football before he went to Watson. Exactly. <laughs> so just um just a weird game. DeAndre Hopkins looks like he's gonna keep his value at a wide receiver two level or higher he's gonna have to live in garbage time yeah he was this week a good thing is is that they're gonna be in it early so you know he they don't get to play the colts every week the whole season so hopefully he can keep this you know production well like when you look at the beginning of the season the reason deandre hopkins was saying he wanted savage to be the starter was he peppered him he, he throws him the ball yeah 16 targets you know you can't buy that you can't find that on the street 
you're going to have to start the guy who gets 16 targets. Definitely. No doubt. Broncos, Eagles. We also had this one pegged. Um, the, the, the Eagles offense just looks so good. Another four touchdowns for Carson Wentz. He only threw for 199 yards because he only had to throw for 199 yards. The Eagles defense just destroyed Osweiler. It's at the, uh, at the beginning of the year, I, uh, started drawing comparisons from Wentz to Rogers. And this was like such a Rogers game for, you know, like under 200, but he still gets you like 25 fantasy points and his team just pulverizes the competition yeah 51 points literally what i was gonna say (laughs) Um, you know we we can't put too much into what Corey clement did although it would be you know it's intriguing to do so but we can also put some put something into the jay ajayi 46 yard touchdown yeah i think just faith in general um i don't know what this speaks for like Garrett Blunt, you yeah. know, it, it just there's so many people back there that I'm not like I said when we revealed the news. Had you heard it from us first, I'm not overly excited about any of their prospects back there. I'm not right. overly excited about a Jai, but I will say something that is interesting is that Adam Gase really uh, gave him a lot of flack, especially at the end, for not being a big for looking for that big play, looking for that home run instead of just taking what was given to him, and that's what ultimately led to him being traded. But the Eagles are such a big play offense that, you know, I think maybe right they in. got Jay Ajay to kind of unleash him on like big plays like that, where you might see Jay Ajay get a 50 yard touchdown and, and stuff like that during the year, but it will be almost impossible to predict. Right. Um, they've got a buy coming up, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out of it with those running back shares. Um, yeah, moving on, Washington, Seattle. Uh, Washington goes into Seattle, beats the Seahawks at home. Um, snoozer of a game uh, up until that last drive with Kirk Cousins bringing them back. Uh, yeah, it was, which like was really, really, cool. really, really boring until it wasn't. And then it was yeah. like really, really exciting. Yeah, uh, even before that, the Wilson touchdown to Doug Baldwin to give the mm-hmm. Seahawks the lead for the first time was a really interesting, uh, nice, Jimmy interesting Graham back on that and drive, forth. Like catching the pass and like. It was so funny because he was so open that he could easily run down the middle of the field, but he wanted to step out of bounds. Yeah. So, like, you saw him, like, run, like, three steps to the left and, like, three to the right, and he's still open, so he didn't have three. Like, yeah. he's like, what do I do? Yep. <laughs> tough. It was tough. Yeah. Doug Baldwin tough game, and Russell Wilson are coming on to their yeah. second half of the season stride, it seems. If they keep operating at this level, they're both going to finish very high and, in and their they respective were both positions. Pretty bad, and their te- their offense was pretty bad overall yesterday. So. Well, when they're Until bad, they're good, and when they're good, they're good. Yeah, you know, they're, when they're good, they're real. So real those good. two are just reliable options for the most part. Of course, Russell Wilson has some low scoring games this year. Baldwin has had some low scoring games as well, but that's going to happen with anybody. And the trends that have been like. It's one of those weird ones, right? It's like, how can Big Ben be so bad at home? Or oh, on the road. Right. Like, so bad compared to when he's at home. And then it's like, how can Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin be so good in the second half of the season? Yeah. yeah. Like, it it kind of doesn't make sense. Right. But the, the numbers are there, and the storyline is back again. Yeah. Right. Um, Cardinals 49ers, you look at what the 49ers offense did, and you're like, how on earth can they keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the bench for the rest of the year? And then you see C.J. Bethard running for his life, and you're like, I got it now. Um, you know, they don't look any better from week to week. You know, like there's no signs of improvement on this team. They just lost Pierre Garçon. He's out for the yeah. season with a neck injury. But it's looking really dire. I mean, Jimmy G has an expiring contract, though. 
so he's gonna play. Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna not play him any games and then try to re-sign him with him having the option to go anywhere else. I think I think that you know they're best suited putting him in and, and being like, look, dude, this will be your team and we'll work to build you in, so they can at least lock him down. Yeah. Once the Giants, once the Giants get enough wins, once the Giants get enough wins, once the Browns get a couple in there, right. and they know that they'll have the first. That they're just rock pick, bottom. Yeah. <laughs> then they'll let him go out there because even if they accidentally win. They've still got their ticket. You're asking That's a right. lot of the Browns, Tom. I just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah, you winning said a, a game. He said a couple. <laughs> I know. Actually. Yeah, they got to get hot. <laughs> yeah, they got to double their last season's total, which nobody ever does. Um, Chiefs Cowboys, probably the best game of the week. Um, still not an incredibly entertaining game, but uh, but still, you know, a, a pretty good one. Zeke gets his touchdown. We talked about Cole Beasley. I mean, you know, Dak Prescott certainly entered the MVP race. Unfortunately, he's not even the MVP in his own division right now. Yep. Um, but Tyreek Hill touchdown. It's the greatest my, fantasy my favorite, garbage moment ever. My favorite of the year. We yep. were talking about it before we hit record, and it's like you see him get the pass, and you know that the Cowboys are so far back. So he's like, free like, yards. Yeah, okay, like, cool. Right, that's, that's 40 free yards. I'll take the fantasy points. And then your eyebrows raise a little bit. You see a couple blocks, and you see Tyreek shift the hips and just trot on into the end zone and throw up the deuces. Yeah, yeah. And all it takes Amazing. is one, one. It's so crazy. All it takes is one little cut for him, and he creates so many yards of separation. And what I was saying to you guys is like, like Tyreek got to a point where he gained like. 40 yards and was able to literally stop on the field and like assess where everybody was and oh the whole defense just kind of stopped and looked at him like oh, oh shit he's we just, too far we just <laughs> gave the best guy in open space the whole field yeah. Yeah. and that's like kind of the frustrating part of Tyree Kill for me because he makes this great play 57 yard catch I don't think he was targeted after that that was okay, so like it was like what are you doing like give been, him the ball more he yeah he was very lowly targeted this game he didn't have a reception he had two that rushing, was it that was his one yeah, catch yeah he had two rushing attempts before he got a target so like yeah they want to get him the ball but like you, you got to throw to him more and again they got to throw to Kareem Honey or do something more than, than what they're doing with Kareem carries, Hunt he was on the field yeah. for only fifty four percent of snaps he hasn't scored in six weeks. Brutal. Kareem Hunt owners, I mean, you, you're playing with house money. I've already said that earlier, but you're playing with house money with Kareem Hunt too because you got him at a discount. I think, you know, the numbers are going to pick back up. The bye week comes here. Maybe they maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe he's got a sore whatever. But you got you to gotta be a little concerned. Oh, I, yeah, for I sure. I wouldn't trade him away for cheap. There's no doubt about what, it. Right. But I would trade him away for a stockpile. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People will still pay very, very high for him. And if you're already well set up, like if you already had a Le'Veon Bell, because you could easily have swung them both. Yeah. Then if you got to go stockpile up some other way, I don't hate it. But yeah. I'm I'm sticking with him where I got him. If I'm if I'm not, he's got a, he's got a pretty favorable schedule coming up off the buy. I, I think he heats back up. Yeah. Uh, Raiders Dolphins on Sunday night. Another snoozer. I mean, a little exciting at the end with the Dolphins. Trying to go onside because they scored, but you know, I, I don't know if the Raiders are going to get it figured out on offense either because they still don't look like that juggernaut that they had become at this point last season. Yeah, so it was a different Raiders offense, basically. You know, Marshawn turns in a really good game, good yards per carries. We haven't seen that yet. 
I think uh, he felt that maybe his job was in jeopardy a little bit and played out and yeah. showed out. Um, definitely did. Yep. Jared Cook, the leading what receiver. Game. What a game. Uh, like we said, he's been running more meaningful routes with them than he had anywhere else. And the meaningful routes with the tight end position in the Raiders' offense have gone to Jared Cook, yeah. where in the past they didn't use Clive Walford like that. They didn't you know use tight I mean? ends at all, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he's in a good position. He's a should be owned in every single league tight end, and uh, it's interesting to, to see that. For the yeah. uh, streamer fans out there, Miami as a tight end target is really softening. They've been pretty bad over the past couple of weeks against tight ends. It's a good good matchup you can try and exploit. Good to know. We've got Packers-Lions going on actually right now. Um, interesting game. I, you know, We really need to see what's going on with this Packers offense in their second game post-Aaron Rodgers. He's actually on the sidelines, which I think probably got a good cheer out of the fans in Lambeau. But uh, until then, he's basically the, the most highest-paid cheerleader in Green Bay. Um, Worth every penny. Oh, absolutely. Um, we hope everybody gets uh, what they need from that game. However, show's not over. So before we uh, before we get to our little surprise, just want to remind everybody: hit us up at RutzFF with your waiver claim questions, your trade grades. A lot of people are um, are coming up on some big uh, some big bye weeks, maybe some trade deadlines. So hit us up at RutzFF, at HillierFF, at WagsFF, or at Why So Serious to let us know. Also check out who our Man Catch Monday was. I alluded to it a little bit, but didn't give away who it was. So check us out on Instagram at RutzFF as well. But right now. We're kicking it to one of our Celebrity League interviews. We've got Bucky Isotope. You know him and love him from Twitter. We were able to have him on the show. A really fun interview, a really cool guy, uh, and we're happy that we had him on. So enjoy the interview. We'll see you next week. And as always, keep scoring. All right, everybody. We are continuing our Internet Celebrity League interviews. We've got a very special guest on. You know him from Twitter as Bucky Isotope. You may also know him from Twitter as someone who's loosely affiliated with Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. I was surprised to find out that we're not interviewing Mark Hoppus from Blink-182, but uh, Mr. Isotope, it's very nice to meet you, whoever it is that you are. I am uh, definitely not Mark Hoppus. I can guarantee that. That's a good theory, though. It's kind of like... uh... You're, you're not the only ones who've held it. Lots of people yeah, have said it. The exit through the gift shop, uh, Banksy, Mr. Brainwash, you know, all that. We were uh, we were doing we're doing this interview on Skype, and I was fully prepared to just see, like, Mark Hoppus from the back of Blink-182's tour bus <laughs> on video call. But, uh, but we're still happy to have you, especially in this league, because as we found out throughout the season, Bucky, you are an incredibly good fantasy football player. So how did this come about? I've been... Uh playing for a long time since pre-internet days when we uh i think the first league we did was like 1989 old school um whatever whatever you're dalton hilliard you probably never heard of dalton hilliard but he was a saints running back had an absolutely huge breakout year um we drafted the very first time from a newspaper like the preseason stats we didn't players were there were no you had no idea who 90 percent of them were so we looked at the box scores in a newspaper and just drafted people randomly um, and, uh, you know, I landed Dalton Hilliard, so I won the league that year because he had a breakout year. And the next year, I think I drafted John Forcade in the first round. That's another person you never heard of, but he was in the arena league the year after I drafted him. That gives you an idea. So. My dad's in the background going nuts, like fist pumping. He's <laughs> like, I know these people finally. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, so let's talk about that then, because if you've been playing since 1989, you've certainly seen fantasy football 
change over time. So what, what, what's it been like to kind of see it go from, you know, this, this back corner thing that people did in newspapers that ended up just becoming this huge cultural phenomenon? Well, it's better in most ways. It's a lot easier. I mean, the Internet makes things easier. The software, you can draft from people around the country like we did here where we used to all get together in a room. But I got to tell you, the original commissioner of the league we had, he got he bought football cards for every player in the league he could find. He put them all on a big cardboard board. So when you drafted, you'd go up and you'd pluck your player off the board. Very cool. Um, that is very he, cool. He typed up a newsletter every week. I mean, typed, like on an old word processor thing and mailed it to you. It was like 10 pages of stuff that, so that you much. get in the mail. Well, um, Scott and yeah. I... We're commissioners in different leagues, and Don is too, I'm sure. But stuff that we try to do to, like, spice up the league, you know, on the side, we'll do, like, predictions of the week, right? So we'll go through the slate of everyone's games, and we'll come up with who we think is going to win among our friends, or we'll do, like, power rankings. So the stuff that goes above and beyond just the the regular matchups is worth its weight in gold in a, in a long-standing fantasy league. I think everyone really loves that stuff. Absolutely correct. And why aren't you guys doing that for this week? <laughs> well, well, hey, don't sell us out. Man. Don't worry, man. I, I got a trip to Target planned. I'll get you some football cards. I'll mail them out to you. That's elite It'll Don commissions. Come on, Don, get on it. I know, I know. Um, so this year, you ended up getting. We had, we had a, a very early draft to kind of keep everybody who we invited in the loop. So you ended up actually getting Kareem Hunt at an unbelievable discount. Was that your strategy going in? Like, did you see that he was going to end up taking over in Kansas City, or was that just the pure luck aspect of fantasy football working in your favor? Yeah, it's the latter. I mean, I'd like to take credit for it, but I think I drafted him and, like, Kendrick West. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, um, that can uh, – It's kind of a crap shoot. But, I, I mean, luck – plays into it always right because i mean no matter how many projections and stats and all these models they have when you go to draft the espn or whoever with the projections i mean they, they turn out to be you know questionable at best and they're accurate absolutely so, i remember uh, the day that i gave up on espn projections it was when they just it was before they did like these decimal touchdowns you know like the likelihood that he would score a touchdown they would just give a full touchdown in places they're like joe flacco is going to have a rushing touchdown this week he had like zero <laughs> coming up like you know what i mean like yeah i'm like okay what is this i look into it and i i know who makes them now he's a, a guy at espn and it's just one guy right so one it's yeah it's just one guy so one guy in a big spreadsheet somewhere just, yeah so like you know, uh, typing away no i think it's the schwab from that show in the 90s the trivia show he def that's definitely what he's doing in now. a long time yeah. but i mean a human has never even been able to like make a random string of numbers so he can't make predict, projection, projections or predictions for the whole NFL without some form of bias, which right. I guess we can't either, but at least we have three people doing it yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to hedge our bets. Yeah. yeah. Well, as a podcast that bases it on you know our expertise of fantasy football, it's difficult for us to admit that luck is such a gigantic part of it, but it is, and that's what makes no it question. You know, so much fun. It's uh, kind of hard to be unlucky. When your running backs are LaShawn McCoy, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, and Jordan Howard, though. Well, I'll tell you, I do have a strategy, and this goes back to the old days. I've always done this. I draft running backs first, if I can, assuming, you know, there's not something crazy out there. I always, because there's less good running backs than any other position, and it's less of a crapshoot than, say, wide receivers, where, you know, random wide receiver three could have a, a huge day one day. Yep. Um, there's only so many starting running backs of quality, so I always try to get those first. Um, so it works out in that sense, but who those running backs are going to be and how they end up. I mean, 
Fournette could have been a wipeout. You don't know. I mean, he's yeah, a rookie. He right? was this week. <laughs> we, yeah, yes, that was nice of him. To yeah, not it's, a, it's always nice to <laughs> accidentally or whether it was your plan all along. I always call it becoming the first national bank of running backs because if you have them, you have all the trade power down the line. And for someone like you who has four, you know, you can probably you're probably one trade away before the trade deadline of securing maybe a championship spot, you know, in yeah. the title game, basically. Yeah, they're good cards to hold. For um, sure. You know, less less random variability, I guess, at that position. Yeah, I mean, when I you just, can count on I that. I just made volume. that up, but it sounds right, right? It does yeah. sound a little right. It well, sounds I mean, great. We do that, too. You say yeah. regression to the mean. You say things <laughs> like that, and people... Get uh, right game. <laughs> we look up at each other with our eyes wide, and the other two yeah. shake their head yes yep. to know everything's okay. <laughs> uh, so let's get into a little bit of how we found you and how most people know you is through Twitter. Uh, this wave of... Uh, I'll call it Twitter comedy because I know that a lot of people don't like saying the word weird Twitter. Uh, so you are a Twitter comedian and you're easily one of our favorites as a show. So it is such an honor to have you in this league with us. So let's get the most obvious and easiest question out of the way. What made you decide to try to start tweeting in this format? Well, let's throw the term comedian out the window first because if you ask my <laughs> wife, I'm not funny at all. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I can't, it was probably, I made the account in 2011. Um, I didn't use it for a year. 2012, I started poking around. I don't even remember who I saw. I just randomly stumbled across some people tweeting things that I thought were hilarious. And I started, you know, reading them and I followed them and then I followed people they followed. And then eventually, you know, there's a little corner of Twitter, call it whatever you will. Um, you know, that <laughs> term is pretty loaded. But, um, you know, I said, what the hell? And I started throwing some tweets out there. And a couple of people saw them and, um, you know, we made our own little group. You know, clicks come up all the time on Twitter. I'm sure you guys have figured this out. Well, but, yeah. and, and the people that were around when I'm around turned out to be some really funny people who've become fairly successful at Twitter. It just, you know, again, it's probably luck more than anything, but you know, it's fun, right? That's why I do it. I don't, I'm not looking to make money, I'm not looking to score a record deal. I'm not looking to go on tour with a comedy show or write jokes for TV. I'm just, you know, dicking around. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned luck. Let's talk about that a little bit. Have you ever had like one of those tweets where you're like, yeah, you know, th I think this is cool. And then all of a sudden it's just one of those ones that you have that just explodes for like over 100,000 retweets and over 100,000 likes. Has it ever been that? 100,000? Like, have we hit the, have you hit the hundred? I, I have never hit, I have never hit those numbers, but you know uh -huh. what? It's, it's a lot more common now than it was when I started. Twitter has changed so much in the past year. I yeah, mean, we so many accounts. Yeah, we mentioned that with Brent too. Like, yeah, old tweets from like 2011, 2012, stuff like that. Like the really funny ones from back then have like 5,000 retweets. Right, and that was huge. Yeah, exactly. And now, like nowadays, it's like a quote tweet, and it's like life comes at you fast, and it has a hundred thousand <laughs> <laughs> retweets. Yep. It, it's it's different now. Yeah. I, it's. It, for good and bad. I mean, I'm glad people are getting attention. You know, it exposes you to some really stupid, idiotic crap that you never would have seen otherwise. You know, yeah, that's I just, I think it's just so cool, Twitter. I'm always on it. But it's it's cool how in that, sh like, I know there's 280 characters now, but in that short little frame, there's, like, so many things, so many directions it can go. There's one tweet that you have, and I I know reading them out loud is, like, it's not as funny because I read them out loud to my friends all the time. 
but and they just stare at you and go, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. And this one's not even total humor, but I love this tweet. It says, over there sits your childhood stuffed animal, oh, slowly so losing good. atoms to chaos. Piece by piece, he says goodbye. Piece by piece, you join him. And it's like, you're out there tweeting ridiculous, funny stuff all the time. And then it's like, you're scrolling through your timeline, you see a Bucky Isotope tweet, you're like, oh, this will be, be a nice treat. And now you're just wrecked by that one. Yeah, that was. I remember seeing that one for the first time. I was like, "Nope." It's like whatever I was doing. Now I need to think about where my old uh, Toy Story toys are. And uh, oh yeah, that was yeah, that was a good one, Tom. I'm glad you pulled that one up. Yeah, that's actually that's probably my favorite tweet I've ever written. If there is such a thing, I, I mean, that's the only one out of all of them I would probably say is actually worth a damn. Um, that one and, and it. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah that's well, hard. let's not go too far. But um, <laughs> so I, that one, I was sitting up in my old bedroom at my parents' house in the attic, and I looked over, and there was my old stuffed animal I got when I was one. Oh, and wow. when I got him, there's a picture of me. I don't remember this, but as a baby holding him, and he's bright white with you know brown paws and a little pink nose, and it's just blindingly white. You can say it. <laughs> no, it was a puppy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I looked over at him now, and he's like gray and falling apart and stitching's coming out and stuffing's falling out all over the place. And I just got really sad. Yeah. And, um, you know, that came out. <laughs> well, from the, uh, from the deepest depths of your soul came your favorite tweet. So I guess that's the silver lining maybe. Yeah. And then the rest <laughs> of them are all dick jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, good man. ones. Yeah. They're great ones. <laughs> they're great ones. Uh, so, you know, you t- we talked about how Twitter has changed so much and, and, you know, everybody kind of has a different answer to this, especially even the three of us, like, especially in such a hyper politicized world that we live in, especially on Twitter, you know, as someone who kind of tries to break that up with humor, what has your relationship been with like this, this hyper political Twitter versus like what you choose to do with your own tweets? You know, I throw political stuff out there every once in a while. I mean, it should be pretty obvious that I'm not a fan of Trump and things like that. Um, and it's good joke material, right? I mean, it's uh, politics is right, but I'm not strident about it, I don't think. I mean, every time I tweet something political, you know, I lose 100 followers of people who are like, oh, my God, why are you doing this? <laughs> um, but, you know, there are accounts that I was friends with who were more jokey before who are now, you know, politics 24-7, really serious stuff. Oh, yeah. And I get it. I mean, it's the environment we're in. It's wearing on me. I'm getting kind of sick of it. I mean, yeah, I think a couple of weeks ago you tweeted something is like uh, to the people who unfollowed me. Sorry, I'm I, I'm not the president of the NRA that you thought I was or something. Like <laughs> yeah. That. Right. Yeah. I tweeted the man I gun thing and I, the people just exploded all over me. I'm like, haven't you been paying attention? I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> but and then secondly, why on earth are you listening to me for things like this? Right. I mean, <laughs> exactly. They should be listening to you for fantasy football advice. Instead. Yeah, clearly. Absolutely. If anything, yeah. you should be tweeting about that a little bit more, dude. Come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just it's such an interesting like dynamic of like you know because especially now like you have such you have this following and they expect so many things out of you so is it difficult then to kind of like step outside of your box and tweet about politics like does that cross your mind or have you reached a point where you're just like you know what like i'm just gonna do you know what i'm comfortable doing on this stupid website yeah i just do whatever i want at this point i mean i don't filter too much out because I think I'm a reasonably filtered person to begin with. I'm not going to go on any racist diatribes against Taco Bell or anything like that. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, 
it is amazing what people expect, right? If I tweet something serious or even like that stuffed animal tweet, if I do that now, there'd be probably a hundred people who'd at me, what the hell is this crap? Tell us some jokes. Yeah. Right? Do you, so, do you read all the, the mentions all the time? Or oh, no? I do. I, I read every <laughs> last one. Of them. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> That's crazy. I, and I, and I, I block a lot of people, so it's, it's useful. So. <laughs> that works. Um, Oh, I had something, but I completely forgot what it was. Well, whatever. Yeah. Well, we hope to stay in your mentions and, uh, you know, we'll, oh, we'll right. I have what well, here you go. So, Bucky, you're a noted Cowboys fan, so that obviously makes you the leading expert in what the hell's going on with Ezekiel Elliott. So, what do you think's going to happen? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to get suspended because the the case isn't about whether he did it or not. The case yeah. is about whether the NFL has the right to suspend him for any reason they want. If you ask me my honest opinion, I don't think he did as much as he's accused of, but I think he did something. Um, does it rise to the level of a criminal activity or something? Probably not. But I, I think he got into some minor altercation. Um, and then he's shown extremely bad judgment since then with things like pulling people's shirts up. And before um, then. Yeah, I mean, he's been uh, – he was a little off the rails this offseason. Yeah, he's, uh, he was living it. on yeah. the edge. So, so he did himself no favors. If he did remotely what he's accused of, then he deserves every book they can throw at him. I just yeah. – the evidence seems to suggest he probably didn't. But I don't think it matters, right? right? Goodell can do whatever the hell he wants. Right. They, they gave up that power in the CBA. Yep. Well, at least you didn't draft Zeke, right? Yeah, uh, and that's why I didn't. Right there. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, good call. Excellent foresight. Don't now... draft your heroes. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. I have been, and no, I'm not a bandwagon jumper. I've been a Cowboys fan since the '70s. You know, I was there when it was good in the '90s and the late '70s, and I was there when it was really bad. So, you know, I remember when we started Ryan Leaf at quarterback for some goddamn reason. So. <laughs> you were you were there when for that two-week period you didn't know who was going to replace Tony Romo and then that starry-eyed Dak Prescott came in. You know, that you know and been, I was cursing Dak the first weeks. couple of games this season. I was like, you're no Romo, dude, when he made some bad throws and I was yeah. getting all – but he's come back. He's so an MVP candidate now. now for sure. Definitely a little better than Quincy Carter too. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a hair. All right, well, uh, Bucky, whether Zeke gets suspended, whether this legal battle continues, uh, whether you tweet about politics, whether you tweet about whatever the hell you want, which we hope you continue to do. Whether you uh, beat us in our league. Which it looks like you're going to. We just wanted to say thank you so much for being a part of this, and especially thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it was a great it was great talking to you, uh, and we wish you all the best. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for inviting me to the league, and hopefully we can keep it going, right? It'd well, be if nice you're the to... champion, we got to oh, bring yeah. you back next year. The champ always returns. Fair enough. Absolutely. All right, that's Bucky Isotope. Follow him on Twitter, but we already know that all of you do. We will see you guys on the other side for the Week 10 preview. But until then, keep scoring. Baby, we were born to win.